0: Thankfulness, thankfulness, we're thankful for you, listener.
1: Welcome to the Thinklings podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Hello, Thinklings listener. I've got a special Thanksgiving promo for you over at fbbcbooks.com. If you go over there right now and order a bunch of books, you can enter the coupon code Thanksgivings. That's Thanksgiving with an L and an S. You can figure it out. You're smart. You put that in at your checkout, you will get 25% off your entire order. This does not apply to curriculum or hymnals, but everything else, you can get 25% off your entire order. So head on over there, order some Christmas books, go to our website, grab some of the books off of our lists. Put them in your cart. Use the code Thanksgiving's, and you'll get twenty five percent off your order. Now enjoy the Thanksgiving's episode, part two. Welcome, listeners. As you already heard, we're we're thankful for you. <laughs>
2: and Tim is thankful for caffeine. Woo! Yes.
1: So this is obviously, since we're talking about thankfulness, uh, this is our Thanksgiving's special, part two we had one of these last year also mm-hmm. and so you are probably listening to this well the intent is that you're listening to this maybe on your drive home for the holiday you're going home to see family you know our college kids college students they're leaving today it's going to air on Tuesday so you you could be jumping in your car right now throwing on your favorite podcast and oh, so yeah. we want a longer podcast for you because, you know, you have hopefully a longer drive or usually you have a longer drive or a flight or something to get home. So we want to get you all the way there. So, this, this you know, I say that. And of course, the last couple podcasts have been yeah. an hour anyway.
0: Um, I'm looking at what we have planned. I'm like, this is going to be long.
1: Fun fact, Tim and, and <laughs> Andy. So the most listened to episode we've ever produced Ooh. was the Thanksgiving's episode from a year ago.
2: That's right that's right it has
1: by far the most plays and there's a stat called consumption like percentage of episode listened to and it is like the highest consumption of episode we've had this is episode 58 of all 58 episodes very rarely do we get one that's in like the 90s like 90% of an episode was listened to and this one was high 90s which was, which is crazier because it's over an hour half long
0: it's probably because we were talking about consuming thanksgiving food
1: well we're gonna get to that but we i think it's i think that. it's because really listeners like when we talk about them too you know so we're gonna do that again consuming? we're gonna go through i think i have put uh every email that i have received to the thinklings podcast Gmail from 11 26 2020 to today i've got it in a google doc and we're going to just kind of go through them. And we might not interact with everything that you've said, but we kind of just want to say, hey, thanks for sending us an email. Some of you sent us funny pictures. Some of you asked questions, so we might get into some of that. But that's going to be a big part of the episode. We are going to do that thing we always do here in just a moment. And then we're going to close the episode uh, with a thought from God's, where we're going to actually talk about thankfulness as a virtue, a, a decidedly Christian virtue. Distinctly, maybe that's the word we went with last year.
2: We went with decidedly last year. Let's make it distinct this year. This is we'll vary it up. Decidedly we'll and distinctly, Christian virtue. And, and and we're we're alliterating, so just that's important. So we're alliterating.
1: Thanksgiving's twenty twenty two. We need a third yep.
2: D. Yeah, listener, you can help us out and
0: send us a apply. third D. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have one year, you have one year to do it. That's right. Okay. So with that being said, we have some thanklings business to attend to.
0: Books and business.
1: Let's talk about some books. Does anyone want to go first?
0: I'll go first. Tim will go first. So uh, and Charlie said I should mention a book I'm working on. My wife and I have been working on
1: what? I'm just excited. I'm excited too. I'm holding my hands up. They can't see that.
0: I'm working on chapter 10 right now. I'm working on it. My wife and I are working on it. Song of Songs for Singles uh, by Tim and Angela Little. So Song I
1: don't... of Songs for Charlie. woo so,
0: <laughs> helping you out, brother. <laughs> um, the uh, the uh, idea of the book, a lot of people. Maybe I
1: should buy it and ask if any other single girls who bought it would like to go to a coffee shop and read it with me.
0: You are horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> that would kind of defeat the purpose, wouldn't it? Probably. <laughs> okay. So a lot of people <laughs> see "Song of Songs" as a book that's intended to be written or was written to uh, married couples because the content is about intimacy. Um, but actually, through my study of the song, I've I've realized I believe the primary audience is actually the daughters of Jerusalem, the um, single ladies, uh, and so it's a a book that's written to single ladies and teaching them about intimacy, love, marriage, and um, and so that's the primary audience. And there's an exhortation also to men there. And you've actually gotten little sprinkles of this book through the podcast, my my series on. Lady Wisdom, the identity of Lady Wisdom, finding Lady Wisdom, becoming Lady Wisdom is, is kind of some of the, that's some of the academic fruit of, um, of that's in, in this book as well. But in the book, we're kind of working through is just uh, the introduction. I'm just kind of arguing that the book is written. There is a message, to singles. And then in verses 5 through 11, uh, song, song of Songs 1, 5 through 11, we talk about beauty and how there's flaws in beauty and image insecurities. So there's a whole message about beauty there in Song of Songs chapter one, which is a message that's important for singles. Uh, The power of words and flirting uh, in Song 112 through 26. So that's kind of the idea of the third chapter. The fourth chapter, we work through the adjuration refrain. and What that is is the exhortation, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. That refrain is found three times in the Song of Songs, Song two seven three five eight four. In those passages, singles are exhorted to not awaken love. Uh, so, kind of interesting. You have an exhortation about uh, an exhortation to singles, pre-married individuals, about love. Then, Song two eight through seventeen, uh, the selfless, sacrificial love for uh, directed towards a man like loving her selflessly and sacrificially. Then song three, one through four, selflessly and sacrificially loving him. And uh, the next chapter we talk about the wedding. It's kind of interesting that a wedding is actually an important thing. Some couples are like, man, should we just go and elope? Well, what does the Bible have to say about that? Okay, maybe maybe it's more than just, I mean, out of necessity, some couples may just have to elope, but what does the Bible have to say about this idea of eloping, the wedding, uh, and the joys of marriage? So we, I work, we work through all of these different issues. Uh, loving when you don't want to love. What about when you really don't want to love your spouse? How do you handle that? Can the song help? Yeah, there's lessons on what love is and how to awaken desire. So there's an exhortation, don't awaken desire. But then there's the exhortation, well, when you're married, sometimes you need to awaken desire. How do you go about doing that? Well, the song has instruction on that, song 5-2-6-3. to six, three. And We have the exclusive desire. In Song six four to seven ten, so there's this exclusivity of the marriage covenant between a man and a woman. There's a there's a power component to that, uh, which is a little bit frightening and can be abused. And the song and te- teaches singles about that component too, and married people. Uh, and then the desire. Then we talk about the pleasures and power of love, the love by wisdom, and how your love life is everybody's business. You know, if you mess up when it comes to love, then you're going to make some problems. You're going to make problems for more than just you and your life. Uh, and then, well, I'll just stop there. I don't quite have it at the end of the book figured out, and I don't have those chapters written yet. So I have some time to figure it out. There. You wanted to hear about Song of Songs for Singles? I think I just spent about five or six minutes on it.
1: Sounds like the best book on Song of Solomon I have ever read.
0: Because <laughs> you haven't read any.
1: That is true. I have not read a book on Song of Songs. I was told I shouldn't because I'm a single guy.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's not, for not me. the right way to do it. <laughs> then
1: another guy was like, well, it is for you because you're in the church and it's all about Christ in the church. So.
2: Oh, my word. Horrendous. <laughs>
1: Can't, always got to hit that low hanging fruit. So. <laughs> do you want to go next or do you want me to go next?
2: Uh, I can go. Or do you want to go?
1: I'll, I'll go. I'm fine either way. Okay,
2: I'll go. Uh, I got two books. <laughs> I got two books this week. I'm not done with either. But I just want to talk about. Him. So, I got the book on the Trinity by Michael Barrett, Simple Trinity, way back in the early summer, and I started reading it. It was Michael it was pretty, Barrett. Mm-hmm. I think he the same Barrett. guy
1: that wrote the um, Beginning with Moses.
2: Um, maybe he teaches down at, at a Midwestern. So, Jariah Shank, my friend, shout out to you, Jariah. Uh, he's working with him for his dissertation. He's doing simplicity, divine simplicity. I don't work. think it's the same guy. Okay, yeah. So. So Barrett's book is on the Trinity and there's the whole debate over the ESS, the EFS, the EPS. The Is there a, is there functional subordination within the Trinity or is it one simple will? That's it's a great. big, it's intense. And so I got Barrett's book and I'm reading it. Mm. And my buddy Jiraius says, there's a really good guide to Aquinas' thought on this by a guy named Edward Fesser or Facer, Faser. I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Stop Siri. And uh, so I just started that. It is intense, but it's, it's good so far. But man, Trinitarian studies are difficult because of the terminology I have to use. So I'm not ready to rank either of those, but I'll talk about another one. I am listening through the second Wing Feather book, and it is so wonderful. I love this book. Every day when I'm making my breakfast and coffee in the morning, I listen to Wingfeather.
1: Friend of the podcast, Andrew Peterson.
2: That's right. And it's really good, and I can't talk about it because I'll give too many things away, but I keep texting Tim and Charlie, and I'm like, and I'll say something in the book, and Tim's like, "I love this." Would you say like I'm like a little kid the other day or something, like
0: a little toddler <laughs> discovering butterflies for the first time, and just in
2: <laughs> wonder
0: and awe of their beauty? Or whatever.
2: it is it is a
1: lot like that because we've we've read through the whole thing, and so we know what he's about to encounter, but then just the joy of him encountering it on his own and then sharing that's pretty fun. Yeah, and I'm I- actually reading through <laughs> back through them. Oh, you are. So cause I I listened to the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, as I gallivanted across uh, the United States with uh, Sawyer Gogarty last spring, mm. and uh, famously listened to the uh, climatic conclusion of Book One in a blizzard in Yellowstone, and so you know I'll never oh, forget. That would be cool, yeah. never forget the ending of for real the first Wingfeather book because we I didn't think we were going to make it out of there. Like it was like roads are closing, like it's like a flash blizzard and. You know, those wow. roads aren't always, you're on the sides of mountains, you know. It's like, I'm in a Chevy Impala that's, you know, 15 <laughs> years old and could die at any time. And quite literally, <laughs> there's bison on the road. One of them decides to ram you off the road. Like, we, we, we had like a 30-minute standstill in a blizzard on one of these roads because there's a mm-hmm. a herd of buffalo. or bison. Oh, yeah. I think a bison, I don't, there's one of them is the right word and the other one's not the right word, whether it's buffalo or bison. I think it's bison, but...
2: Rob yeah. and I went to Yellowstone on our honeymoon, and we had like two of those as we we're going around the park. You just sit there, and you can't do anything. You can't do anything. You're done. And you just sit there. If,
1: if one of them decides to, there it would not have taken much to slide the car off the road at that point because it's mm. covered in ice and sleet. And uh, but anyway, that's
0: so all I have to say. Well, that wouldn't have been that bad. Just nudge them a little bit, and they would have been falling over, <laughs> and maybe on they your would've. car. Yeah, so
1: we should just bump them. Yeah. yeah, I think the park says has something to say about bumping the bison. Damn. Um, Why don't you try that next time? Uh, Let us you know will. how it goes. <laughs> this spring. Kleos, we call it the Kleos Tour, by the way. Oh, <laughs> it's, excellent. If you remember that conversation with Boyd, you know, Kleos is the mm-hmm. term for glory. and the.
2: Actually, yeah, that would be the Arete Tour if it was the excellent
1: one. Yeah, so I, yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, that's cool. Let's. Well, so th- the point of that was mm-hmm. I listened to Wingfeather 1 and 2, and then I was so captivated by what was happening, I borrowed the third and fourth books and, and read them. And so I got to the, you will get to the end of book four. And I I don't know if there's a lot of series of books that I finished. And then right away, you want to read them right, Mm -hmm. right over again. The only series of books that that has happened for Narnia.
2: Okay. Yep. Lord of the Rings. Yep.
1: And, uh, Wingfeather, throw Wingfeather Mm -hmm. in there. Cause as soon as I got done, I was like, I got to read these again. It was so good. And then, uh, Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Harry Potter—not as just like the sheer volume of Harry Potter kind of scares you away from doing it again. Um, So does Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings, you're like left. There's something there when you're done. Oh, so
2: good. Um, Anyway, you know it's interesting because on that note. So, I'm listening to Wing Feather, and I've also got the Oasis edition. That's the one not where Andrew Peterson narrates, but I only have two of them that way. So, when I, if I buy the next two audios, I'm going to have Peterson. It's going to be a change. But, like, a lot of these words I think would, would help me to see them. It's like a, th- a thwap. Uh, oh, I'm trying to like get a little toothy cow, you know. But there's like a lot of words where, like, I don't know if this is giving anything away. Don't say it. Well, we right. don't know Let's either come.
1: because we don't know what you're wanting to don't say. say. It.
2: Well, I just going. don't know if I should say it on the podcast, but there's this one thing where the, it's this thing. Name it and claim no, it, baby. No, no, and don't they keep, say it. I know what he's going to say. I, I keep hearing this word, and I'm like, what does this look like? So sometimes I'll look the characters up online to get a, a drawing of it, and there's not even any drawings of this one. Like, I looked up a toothy cow. It's just a cow with teeth. But, like, this one, I'm looking it up. There's nothing. And then it dawned on me the way he spelled it. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. It's, okay, here. Diagon Alley in Harry Potter. It's mm-hmm. diagon is one word, alley is another. You put them together, what does it spell? Diagonally. So he does like, every now and then he'll do things like that, that if I saw it spelled, I would catch it. But since I'm listening to him, I'm like, what's that? Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So anyways, it's been fun. I would, it'd be great. If best you're... character?
1: Well, you can't say a best character. No, oh, no, no. The first introduction of Pete the Sockman is oh, just man. <laughs> unbelievably good. It's
2: so good.
1: Anyway, so. Uh, Can you imagine
2: uh, Tim with socks up to his elbows?
1: And well,
2: mild, well, yeah, we can't just imagine. socks,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: I wear socks,
1: yeah, <laughs> not just
0: <laughs>
2: not on my hands, no, 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 that's not when. You, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So,
1: my for my books in business, uh, I've been uh, reading through the Lord of the Rings, mm. and um, who was the actor that played help me out here, the actor that played Saruman?
2: Oh. The same. It's um. Hold on. Give me a moment here. Not Christopher.
1: Not Christopher Walken.
2: Not Walken. No, Christopher um <laughs> Lee. Christopher Christopher Lee. Lee there you yep. go. He also.
1: Uh, it was so very famously he read through the Lord of the Rings every year of his life, and like well before oh, I didn't know that he got the part oh. of playing in the Lord of the Rings. There's actually like a YouTube a funny YouTube uh, clip. Where he talks about like correcting Peter Jackson in the filming of, of those movies because he knew more than the director about like what was actually happening in the story.
2: This is both surprising and not surprising. Not surprising. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, but I'm not, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. The movies you know? are great. Oh great, yeah, they're great they're stuff. Great. About twenty years old. Yep. Almost on the dot here. Yeah. And uh, I at the when they when they came out in, um. Whatever year math is hard, two thousand. Yeah, two
2: thousand. Mm-hmm. I
1: I was not at that point interested in them, and so like had I been, I would have gone and uh, and and watched them in theaters. I didn't, so I never got that experience of you know having loved the books, and then I could not imagine someone in two thousand who you know had you know maybe someone in their fifties in that range who had grown up mm-hmm. reading Lewis and Tolkien, and then to finally see them, mm-hmm. that experience. I didn't have that, uh, but then when the Hobbit movies came out, I had been thoroughly baptized into Lewis Tolkien lore, and uh, so I do remember seeing the Hobbit when it came out, and of course the the treachery of yes creating making oh. it a, making it a trilogy when they yeah. shouldn't oh. have. Um, but I, I can still remember that opening scene, and they played the Hobbiton. Music and yeah. you're like panning over the Shire and just like that, uh, just the the emotions of it. It's you know. Anyway,
2: can we, why are we talking about the movies? Can we can we quote really quick?
0: Emotions. The, of it? St-
2: the student earlier who commented on the their their comment on the Hobbit. Can, can I just quote that really quick? Yes, do it. So we're if you're on Mets Listener Middle Earth Theological Seminar on Facebook, there's some funny jokes, but they were talking about the saddest scenes of the Hobbit movies, and I made a comment and I said. Someone had said there's this sad scene, and I said, really, was that sadder than breaking The Hobbit into three movies? Because that's the worst part. And CD said, yes, the entire trilogy feels thin, sort of stretched, like one book scraped across too much movie. CD, well played. That was awesome.
1: So on on the idea of butter... I just, one of my favorite things. I'm imagining I've owned,
2: Julia Child popping up. Like,
1: yes. <laughs> since we're since we're already talking about butter,
2: oh brother, my
1: I have a I have a kitchen utensil that is probably one of my favorite kitchen utensils, and it's a butter tray. Ooh. And so it's like a, a flat white piece of porcelain, and then it's got the butter lid, you know, that covers up the butter. So it's, it's so it's nice and spready, so you can spread it over the butter. You know? Yeah, I'm just talking about. Exactly. On the top, it has the script from the One Ring. What? Like etch? It's it's like around the top of it. And then on the base of the tray, it says the lard of the rings.
2: What? Because it's butter. <laughs> that is. I'm looking this up right. That is really cool.
1: It is. It's super fun. And uh, I bought it on Etsy a long time ago. And then one of my buddies, when he was getting married, he's like, I wanted to get one of these, and I couldn't find them anywhere. And I think he, I don't know if he actually directly asked, like, you should give me yours because it doesn't exist. Like, give me that as a wedding present. Uh, or he may he may have just like heavily implied it. And whether he said it and I directly answered or he implied it and I thought it, my answer was, nope. <laughs> <laughs> as it should have been. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm reading Lord of the Rings. We're in books and business. I'm reading Lord of the Rings. 20 minutes deep. Happy Thanksgiving's.
2: Exactly. Uh, I'm reading
1: Lord of the Rings. I'm in uh, the Return of the King, and it's just good. It's just good. so like, good. It really is. Uh, th- the way the way that the book unfolds the tension, as opposed to the way the movie does it, it's just not quite. It, it, the movie's great. I love the movies. Yeah. But like right are. away, there's this. Uh, Aragorn's like, I know what I have to do. Mm-hmm. The Paths of the Dead. Like, and you like right away, you know he's going there. And how everyone's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And in the movie, he's kind of like reluctant. Yeah. It's like he doesn't want some go. of these things. Yeah, And like he he almost is like trying not. But like in the book, it's like, no, I know what I have to do. And like, I, I'm going. I'm going. And anyway. Yeah. And there's this whole tension of like, will Rohan get there in time? And uh, then there's, you know, I haven't gotten to the glorious scene yet where it's, very, it's a great passage of the book where they get there. Mm. Like, Rohan has arrived. And, but anyway, so...
2: I love that one. I like them all. But especially when, when Frodo gets taken by Shelob and Sam's watching and he's having that long monologue about... Friend. It's, it's almost like... I know Tolkien doesn't allegorize and he's not trying to teach, but you can understand, like, you really catch the depth of the commitment of friendship between those two, I love that scene.
1: Yeah, it's okay. so good. So two two thoughts here, Then we'll we'll jump into our Thanksgiving side of it. And you know, based on the the length of last year's Thanksgiving's episode,
2: oh, we got like six hours.
1: Yeah, so we'll get you all the way home. Hope you don't Horrendous. don't don't speed. <laughs> go two under. We're gonna get you there. You're gonna be fine.
0: i So tuning out in half an hour. I gotta go. Yeah, t- you have to leave a in time. a half hour? No, I got a little longer than that. Well, you I was going to say I was
1: going to say you didn't tell me this. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway. So, what you just said about the friendship with Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. So, first, the masterful masterful art of writing. Oh, yeah. Because what closes book 4 of The Two Towers? Frodo has been taken with the orcs up to the tower This is after the Shelob scene, and Sam is in the tunnels and he's trying to follow them and he finally gets through, but the gate closes and he's like trying to get to Frodo. And he knows Frodo's still alive because he overheard the orcs talking about the poison. And he's like, oh no, he's still alive. I have to go save him. But then the gates close and he can't get in. You read that and you're like, oh my goodness. Mm. Open book five of Return of the King. Oh, no, we're not there. We're with Pippin and Merry and Gandalf (laughs) and we're off in Rohan and Gondor. And like, you don't even get to see that. Like, so like, imagine you're reading that as it can, like, and you're like, man, I really want to find out what happens to Frodo. And then you start the book and you don't know. You like you're burning and like we're all spoiled because half of the people that read Lord of the Rings today watch the movies first Mm -hmm. and you already know you've already got it imagined for you. Mm -hmm. But go back to before that was there and you're like, what happens to Frodo? What happens to Frodo? And then you start reading the book and you don't find it out. It's like delayed gratification and you just you're burning through that someone's phone buzzing.
2: Oh, it's not yours, so that is it's unusual. Not mine. If
1: it was mine, it would have done, like, <laughs> done, <Bing. laughs> Well, anyway, so uh, that transition in from Two Towers to the, to the Return of the King is amazing. But then, if you remember, a long time ago, I was reading through the Lord of the Rings and like highlighting themes that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a word used in the first book over and over and over and over and over. It's hope. It's hope. But then at the beginning of Return of the King there's this emphasis on the shadow, the darkness, how dark the city is. They're blotting their lights out so they don't get caught by the Nazgul, you know, like the, the shadow is extending. Like it's not, the sun is not as strong. And you're just like, it's kind of juxtaposed with this hope, this hope, this hope. The fellowship is shattered. We're not really sure what's going on. And then now there's this darkness. And I think that's really well done. I think it's intentional. But then the, the the other thought is it mentions multiple times in the beginning of Return of the King how Pippin misses Mary and Mary misses oh, yeah. Pippin. And just again mm-hmm. that that friendship like they yeah. they miss each other.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're caught and then even at one point I can't remember if it's Mary or Pippin and he's like and I haven't and what of Sam and Frodo? He's like I haven't even thought of them. And he's like upset that he hadn't been thinking of
2: Frodo. Anyway. I mean, that's so instructive, too. Yeah. Just today, we're so consumed ourselves and to see that. Oh, it's a good book. So that's
1: what I've been reading for Books in Business. I think I said this a week ago or whatever episode ago. Just Tolkien's a 10, man. He's always a 10.
2: (laughs) I was just going to say, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. And what have we given 10s to? I literally think it's only Tolkien. I think we gave Lewis a 10. And then it's been our listeners. Last Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, boy.
1: Right out of that bag. Oh, because we're gonna come back to it. Anyway, oh, oh anyway, sorry. So, uh, sorry about that. So that's books and business. Now let's let's get to uh, these emails, and these are somewhat in chronological order. I started at categorizing them and throwing them in folders, and I'm not sure exactly in what sense they came in. Some of them I know are pretty recent. Some of them are they're within the last year, but they're just hey, if you send something to us, we're gonna mention it today. And if I forgot to, you know, if you. Instagram or Facebook or tweeted us or something and I didn't catch it. Well, send it again and we'll we'll get it in here some point. So
2: And by some point we mean next Thanksgiving. <laughs> that is exactly
1: what I mean. And on that note, number one, Ryan Wasson. He's just in my office the other day, Mr. Ryan Wasson. And Ryan sent us a handful of questions, and they all sort of are along the lines of Discerning God's will, making good choices. How do you uh, listen to what God is saying to you and discern, you know, uh, what is the God honoring or good choice to make? Uh, so s- someone want to answer that?
0: I'll start out. There's a book that kind of helped me a while ago written by Bruce Waltke, uh Finding God's Will, A Pagan Notion. I don't know if I've ever recommended it on the podcast or not. But um, he basically said a lot of people look at finding God's will, uh, much like the pagans of old sought to know what the gods wanted them to do. They they uh, play the Bible roulette and flip the thing open and stick their finger down on a verse and say, "Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do." It's very uh, similar to how the ancients would spill the guts of the goat in a kettle and then move the intestines around and say, "The god wants us." the gods want us to do blah, blah, blah. And uh, the Bible does not paint that kind of a picture as far as knowing God's will in your life, whether that's in the big decisions or the little decisions. In fact, the Bible, I think even Carter's going to talk a little bit about this next season discerning God's will um, as part as like a discipleship process. Uh, the mature believer, I would I would even contend, it's part of learning. Well, what do I do even when the Bible doesn't give me a clear command on this or that? And I, I like to take students to Proverbs chapter two, and that you need to really go after it. You need to search for wisdom. You need to desire it. And you need to completely, that's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of it all. You need to completely trust God, and what his word says is going to be true, and leave everything on the table, all of your uh, preconceptions and desires and will. Okay. That's all, God's okay. So, so you're just gonna say, God, I'm gonna do whatever you want me to do, and you draw close to God, and then you put one foot in front of the other. Uh, You a lot of times want to know what's gonna be next year, two years, five years. You you should make plans, but understand that uh, most of the time you just go one step at a time, Uh, and that's the whole concept of walking on the path, which is the metaphor that's used in Proverbs chapter two. And connecting this whole thing to like singleness and marriage, spouse, I've had a few students talk to me about, well, how do I find a spouse? Finding a spouse is a wisdom decision, it's the same type of a thing. Um, the book of Song of Songs, okay, is wisdom literature. Uh, the book of Proverbs is wisdom literature. Proverbs 31, you know, um, finding a, a godly wife. Well, what is that found in? It's in wisdom literature. So how do you make wise decisions? Consult your counselors, draw close to the Lord, and then you take a step. And, and a lot of people are like, well, I want to know. I want to know. No, well, it doesn't work that way. Sorry. <laughs> okay? That's good. You have to take a step and you have to walk in faith and you don't know where that path is going to lead. You have no guarantees. Uh, but wisdom brings
2: success. I think for me, I don't know where I got this, and so hopefully it's not heretical, but my friend, well, actually but my best friend in high school, in college, he'd come back from Bible Institute, he was going to Moody, and we were talking about God's will, and I was down the typical, like the pagan version Tim's talking about here of God's will, but he said, you know, there's, there's kind of, he thinks of it this way, You're, sometimes we're talking about God's will, and sometimes we're talking about God's will, Now what I mean by that is there's different definitions to the word will. So sometimes God's will means God's desire for my life or God's desire in general. And other times God's will to us means God's step-by-step plan for my future. So like I want to see the future sometimes and that's why I think of God's will. But I haven't found anywhere in the scripture, I can't find a single example where I can know my future but I find a lot of examples where I know how God wants me, like Romans 12, 1 and 2, what's the will of God, that which is good and perfect and acceptable, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, your sanctification. Uh, there's a lot of like God's will that are those sorts of things, And but the specific outworkings of my life, I can't, I don't know, You got? is there somewhere in the Bible I could know my specific outworkings, like what job I'm taking, Whoa. who I'm marrying, what kind of car I'm going to buy, what I'll do when I'm 50,
1: Nothing like that. I mean, but I do think it does tell us, like, we're going to die and go to heaven.
0: Okay. Well, that's okay. So, good job. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. He's got a point. And we also yeah. know
1: that there's a tribulation and all that fun future stuff. Yeah. But we but know yeah, what you right. mean. Yeah. So I think, like, for some In this life.
2: I, I would say that what I usually would tell someone who's asking this question is, at the beginning, make sure you understand what you're asking. If you're saying, I want to know God's will, are you talking about the plan, or are you talking about, I want to do what God desires? So, Lord's Prayer... Uh, Jesus says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so like God's obviously got plans he's outworking, but like in my life, what's his plan or his desire for me? And I think that's a whole different set of answers. So you ask a bad question, you get wrong answers.
1: Yeah, I'd actually so you said you got to know what question you're asking. You said that, mm-hmm.
2: right? And then what will means.
1: And I'll and I'll add to that. To know what you're asking is to know why you're asking,
2: oh good oh, well played,
1: so yep. like you you mm-hmm. could be and I think a lot of times people yeah. do want to know their future, and usually it's in this context of the future that I wanted isn't happening, yeah, so why isn't it happening? well what what is God doing? and so there's this lack of met expectations. And that's just like a ball of desires within. And that's where my encouragement with God's will is always look at why you're pursuing the things you're pursuing. And, uh, you, you know, starting there is very helpful. It's, but it's also almost impossible to start there because, you know, we don't just naturally understand all of our motives. But we see our motives lived out in what we do, and what we say, the ways we think. Uh, our emotions, our attitudes, how those sway, we can see. Well, if you feel upset, well, why am I upset? Well, there's probably something you didn't want to happen that has just happened. <laughs> you know, my dad always used to equip, you know, when a child is screaming, they're always either tired or hungry, or they're just dirty, rotten sinners, you know. But that works too, you know, the three options hungry, tired, or depraved. Um, but anyway, I think that answers the question. I think I think we've adequately tossed that around. Okay, so back to the master list here. Two people. Uh, first, okay, yeah, and we do want to say, we'll do what we did last year. Ryan Wasson, 10 on the Thinklings goodness scale. Okay, uh, Daniel McCoy and Cole Glanzer both reached out to me through different means, asking about, is there a place where we can find the books that you've recommended in one place, and to that I responded by making a place where they could find. Yeah, it's it's a great podcast. But better than Domino's. Tell you that much. They're a horrible customer service. Um,
0: <laughs> let's keep going. No we anecdotes. Don't need the story. Anyway,
1: <laughs> and sometimes you're very disappointed that you've eaten that pizza. Um. Anyway, so they both asked for keep that book list. Going. And it's on the website. And if you weren't aware of this, you can go and find all of season two, actually season one as well, and then last summer's episodes. So season three is not there yet. It will be, you know, maybe over Christmas break. We'll compile them all and add another page up there. But right now you can go. There's a tab on the top of the website, thinklingspodcast.com. The tab is, need books? Question mark, exclamation point. Yeah. And so there are lots of book opportunities there on our scale. So you can scroll all the way down. Oh, here's the 10s. Here's the 9s. Here's the 8s. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good things in there that you could, um, you could find. And especially this time of year, you're looking maybe for some Christmas gifts for some people. Uh, I actually, you know, I think my mom listens to this. And I doubt my brother knows what podcasts are. But um, anyway... <laughs> They're probably going to get books for Christmas. And uh, they're probably going to get books off of that list for Christmas.
2: So anyway. Always a good option. Always
1: a good option. You know where you can get those books? Fbbcbooks.com sometimes. Maybe not all the time, but anyway.
0: (laughs) Most of the time, but.
1: (laughs) But so Daniel McCoy, Cole Glanzer, we're thankful for you. Thank you for sending that in. It prompted me to update our website in a good way. And so uh, maybe Andy, would you like to put Dan on the Thinklings yeah. Goodness Scale and Tim, would you take okay. Cole?
2: Yeah, so for Dan, I mean, I remember we were serving at Bass Lake Camp together. They were on the team and I was a speaker. I sh- good memories of that. Good memories of that. And now, man, good question, Dan. I'm going to give you, I'm going to put you as a 10 on the Thinklings Goodness Scale, Dan Oh,
0: Cole, I'm really sorry that you got stuck with me, but I'll put you as a 10 <laughs> on the Good Thinklings Goodness Scale.
1: Yes. Okay, oh. moving on. <laughs> Do any of you know how to pronounce this next name? Do you know this person?
0: April Heg or okay. Hagg? She's at Hague? Uh Anchor Baptist Church. Okay. I, I, didn't know how to, Hague, I I'm think. always a
1: little hypersensitive to mispronouncing someone's name. Yeah. Sam and and so I have never met April. You have. hmm She wrote in. I'll just go back in the, the history books here to when Charlie mentioned the Book of Three, that was the Chronicles a- of Pradane, oh. and Tim and Andy are just over here cackling like little witches And uh, (laughs) wouldn't you know, we got multiple people that wrote in and are like, oh, yeah, those are great books. We love those. And um, April actually mentioned, I think it was April who mentioned that she stumbled upon them because she was trying to amass Newbery winners, which the Newbery Award is a great award for children's literature. And the final book of the series of the Chronicles of Prudane won a Newbery Award in the year it came out. So it's actually... Renowned literature for children literature. So it wasn't crazy.
2: No, I didn't think it was crazy. I think it was I mean, just- I it was recommended to me. The book the book title was so funny because I thought the book of three must be the third book, but it was the first book. And I think the whole thing was just funny, but then I did feel bad listening to it because I, I, it sounded like I didn't. But, but no, I, I want to- But read.
1: April and other of our listeners have proven you both wrong.
2: That's right. That's I right. didn't feel bad at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you rarely do.
1: <laughs> anyway, so April, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for backing me up on <laughs> your appreciation with the Chronicles of Perdane. It was such a
0: crazy <laughs> episode. Like I couldn't understand what he was saying. Yeah, yeah I was you, so confused. You were so gone. Top, it top, was awesome. Top
2: five moments of that season. Okay, right so
1: there. April, you are a 10 on the Think Things Goodness scale. Uh, moving on, a frequent flyer here. We've got Jill Blunk. And uh, I think th- this kind of wraps in with both of y'all over here. So she wrote in, ask she she's she's emailed in multiple times. Jill, we love you. I ran into her in the bookstore like a mm-hmm. month ago. And one of the emails she sent in, she was asking about a book, The Envy of Eve, which talks about contentment. And so Andy.
2: Yeah, so I actually so on her recommend or on her question, I bought the book. I bought the and I started reading it. So I will I'm gonna give an assessment of the book, but it's a limited assessment. So I'm doing I did the series on contentment. I think I got one more episode coming and now I might even have one more in the spring. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe, maybe next summer. But what, uh, Melissa Kruger who wrote the envy of Eve is writing. She's talking about, um, when you're not content, then one of the resultant sins is envy. And so she looks at various areas in life where you can be envious. And then she talks about how to be content in those areas so I have only looked into it at the skim overview level. I started, I think I've gotten maybe through the first chapter and a half, which is interesting. I've never read a book written to ladies as a dude, uh, but I have spoken at a ladies retreat. So it's probably good that I'm you know, doing this. Um, but everything I read was, I thought, good. It had an interesting tone I had I wasn't used to, but I liked it so far. So I would say I would give a low-key recommendation of it, not having read it very, very carefully to recommend it, but it seems like a really great... Like basically, what does envy look like, and where does it appear in my world? And then, how can contentment be a solution to it? I thought it looked like a very promising book.
1: Sure. Well, as always, uh, Jill, you're a ten on the Thinklings of Goodness Scale. You're so a 10. thank you for thank you for all of your recommendations you've sent in. She's given us some suggestions yeah. for episodes in the past two, and that's been helpful. So yeah, n- moving on. I, I don't have a number, but Tim Daney, Daney,
2: right? Daney. Oh yeah. Hey Daney.
1: And he has emailed in when we when we were when I was going through the books that are like all the hermeneutics books, he emailed in with some questions on preaching Christ in the Old Testament. and admittedly, that is just not a you know easy subject to just jump into. and so we we've sent some answers his way of kind of our thoughts and um you know, just in some, you know we we always try to maintain authorial intent to the best of our ability and we do that within the confines of context. And so, uh, depending, you know, on who you are and, uh, what preachers you interact with on a regular basis, some, it is a very common occurrence to either moralize the old Testament or to find Christ in passages that he just may or may not be in. Um, emphasis on them, maybe not be in. And, uh, but anyways, we've, we're thankful for you writing in, Tim. And uh, hopefully we answered your questions. Uh, I have another couple of modules uh, coming up this year where I'm probably going to have to deal with all that stuff again. And So gear up. We'll talk about all that preaching stuff again. But thanks for writing in. And uh, Tim, would you like to place Tim on the Thinklings Goodness scale?
0: Tim is putting Tim on as a 10 on the Thinklings Goodness scale. Oh, that was good.
1: And I'll take the next one, aptly named. Charlie Eldred. <laughs> uh he wrote in from the email. Uh wrote in from the email. From the episode. He wrote it's us. It's like the email. <laughs> there we go. Uh but I think it was Andy had yeah. reviewed uh Do More Better by Tim Challies, you mm-hmm. know, friend of the program, Tim Chalice. And um <laughs> every guest is a friend of our program. That's right. Okay. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> and uh so Charlie wrote in about Charlie's about this idea from Do More Better about how to control your email inbox. It was unroll.me or unroll.me. And uh, I haven't interacted with the service, but the idea of, I think Chally's recently on his blog recommended, uh, I think it was called Tempo, mm-hmm. was the yep. uh, was the app yep. or the service. And the idea is that you don't just let emails come into your inbox when they do. And um, I looked into those things and then ultimately I'm like, you know... I feel like somewhere there's gonna be a mistake, and there's gonna be an email that I needed to see that I didn't see. Oh, really? And I'm like, so I don't trust the services. Oh, wow. And so, but I'm glad it works for other people. But I'm just so nervous. There's gonna be something that's time sensitive that gets like floated into the wrong place, and then it's like, well, shoot, I should have saw that two days ago, and I didn't. Okay. So, um.
0: I just assume that's gonna happen.
1: Well, yeah. Well, anyway, no Charlie, thank you for listening. We're super happy for your uh, family members that are here at Faith currently. And uh, yes, uh, let me place Charlie on the uh, Thinklings-Gunas scale.
2: He is, remember, he wears bow ties.
1: Well, he had me Excellent. at Charlie.
2: See? You know, oh, at you're, right, you're right.
1: He's okay. 10 on the scale. Uh, Well, now we're going to have to start moving quick because I'm seeing how time is uh, moving. Shh. It's the Thanksgiving episode. We got Nobody time. Cares.
2: Although- I do think that uh, thinkling listener Julie Nichols will be happy if this episode's shorter because I did get some feedback about last year's episode being a bit long. And I was just like, but it's that much. Ju- It'll be shorter than last year's episode. It's all the goodness. Okay, awesome. so we're
1: gonna we're gonna throw these all in at the same time. Okay, just for fun. This is like a halftime show. Ooh. So three people have sent in what I would cl- uh, classify as memes. Oh yes. So oh, first is John Matthew. And we've joked before on the podcast about uh, the segues that I make between th- certain topics
2: they're so good. and so he I can't not see he how they sent they us are. a picture and it, it's quality Photoshop. <laughs> it's, we should just should we just put this on our- yes we got we put, just put it on social yes, media next we should put it on next week. So it's it's, it's so all good. three of
1: us and it we're outside of Jordan Hall and we're on Segways. Tim is wearing what I would describe as traditional Jewish garb. He looks like he's on the way to the synagogue. Yep, and <laughs> Annie's over there with the pot of coffee, and I'm over there with something in my hand. I don't know what it is, but I've got my arm up. And then there's the the speech bubble. How's that for a segue? We're all riding segways around that's Faith so Campus, good. so that that's super fun. John, thanks for sending that in. Thanks for listening, and then we'll we'll scroll down. There's another one that was actually sent in by none other than oh, Andy's yeah, mom. mom.
2: Man, she is so active on this
1: thing. And so she did not like when we had oh. Dr. Newman as a guest and I just like cut off the episode and, you know, left you hanging for the next week.
2: She wasn't the only one. Yeah, man, that was probably, if we had to rank the times our listeners got the most upset, I think that's at the top yeah. or near the top.
1: We we had a handful of emails yeah. on the subject, but uh, I was <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> anyway.
2: we should, All three of these have to go. On so she,
1: she sent a picture of Dr. Newman making a hand motion in a class, but then from his hand, and it looks like Caleb Acre is, is. the head there. And it's like <laughs> the blue lightning of Emperor, Emperor Palpatine coming out of his hands and like attacking Caleb. Yes. And so she, shen- she, she sent that. Uh, as an attachment in an email. That was hilarious. So thank you, Mrs. Stearns. That's wonderful. And so you're going to put her on the Thinklings Goodness scale. I will give you uh, John Matthew, uh, Tim. And then John, there's one you're more. a
0: 10 on the Thinklings Goodness scale. Well, I
1: was going <laughs> to do the last early? picture first, and then we're all going to do it at the same time.
2: Uh,
1: so we already got, so would, you, would you put your mom on the Thinklings? Sure.
2: Scale? My mom for taking my meme and sending it back to me because she's mad at me and you. Oh, you made that. I made that. Oh no! And, and the, the story's much better if she made it. Yeah. No. Well. And yeah. But I will. I will put her as a you ten. You
1: stole your mom's meme. Oh my <laughs> word! Thank. You. That's like weird. Yes.
2: This is still, like getting really complicated. Yes, I stole anyway, mom's meme. Mom, you're a ten as always So then the goodness. The game.
1: last picture is and, Ben Flink, and I think that there actually have been a, a couple other pictures that have been sent to us. I couldn't find them in the email inbox. So. <laughs> That's good. But this one's
2: hilarious. I don't think I saw this one. I, I forwarded it to one. you a while
1: ago. So it's, <laughs> or let me, let me describe the picture to you. It was That's a while so ago. Good. So there's three wolves, okay? And the wolf on the left and the wolf on the right are like <laughs> making expressions of laughter. And then the one in the middle is like squinty-eyed <laughs> and like not smiling at all. And the caption says, <laughs> when the finklings <laughs> do something horrendous, <laughs> And then it's got Mr. Stearns and Mr. Carter on the, <laughs> the outside ones that are laughing, and then Dr. Little on the middle one.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so good. We have to put th-
1: we have to post these on Facebook. Oh,
0: that's so. Yeah, I all think three. this one was on Facebook at some point, but let's post oh, it again because it is man, yeah, that's it's good. it's
1: very funny. It makes me laugh. So okay, Ben, uh, you are a ten on the Thinkling's goodness scale. It because makes me of smile. This meme. So where did we leave? We, so under John John Matthew. Now we're at Melissa Troutman. And uh, she's emailed in numerous times, engaged on social media. We're very thankful for her. A published author, mind yeah, you. for real. And uh, she got connected with the podcast through the Dobsons, who uh, Naomi oh, was a yeah, student Naomi. and recommended. And I'm not sure if it was one of the Dobson sisters, or can't mm-hmm. remember, Caitlin. I think Caitlin's the other sister. Mm-hmm. They went to another Bible school. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. But Naomi she went to faith. And so I think she found the goodness of the Thinklings podcast and shared it with her <laughs> other friends. Oh boy. Um, but I'm just wondering as I was, as I was typing this doc together, it's like, why is, why have we not seen some like Thinklings group photo of, oh, I know. The tr- of Melissa and the Dobsons? You know, For next real? time you guys are together, you guys yeah. should do that and uh, post it. And we can, you
2: know, So I don't know if you follow her. So like I think I follow her on Facebook now. She's a published author and she's always it's great. She puts her own typos yes. up. Have you noticed her typos are hilarious. That. Yes. She's like writing and it's 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 true though. Like you're writing and you make a typo, you don't notice it and then later you read it and you're like, "Oh, that's funny." So, just for following her typos alone, it's it's pretty pretty awesome.
1: And Melissa was also in the Pradane army with me. That's right. So yeah. uh, another of the of those who knew the you goodness of the
2: chronicles. I feel like this is getting misrepresented. I don't think Tim and I were against it. Were we? We just I thought was it was, was a funny name. Confused. Yeah, I, it was hilarious. Yeah, it I was. think this is misrepresentation. But since we are okay with reader response, historians
1: tell the stories. And- oh my. <laughs> I'm I'm writing history right
0: victor, here. The victor writes the history. They oh hated word. these books
1: the, oh, the with all of their hearts. <laughs> and BFC. then now they see. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, Melissa, thank you for listening. You're a 10 on the Thinklings Goodness Scale. <gasps> Next, we've got Delaney, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I think it's just Gear. Gear? Yeah. And when she emailed, it was over the summer. She had not yet come as a freshman to faith. She is now here as a freshman. And so, huh. you know, she's awesome. She's a faith student, you know.
2: I mean, yeah, she's in like my classes. So she wrote that during the summer before she has. Oh, yep. Well, she yep. probably changed
1: um So since I know, she, we know she's at Faith, and she's going home for Thanksgiving today. Hopefully she's listening to this. Oh, yes. Yeah, as she's driving home. For real. And uh, Delaney, thank you for listening. You're a 10 on the going Goodness scale. Uh, Nikki Carr emailed in. And she was planning on doing an archaeological dig. And I don't think that that happened because of COVID. But then she was asking about Old Testament timeline issues.
0: and uh, We talked about that on one of the episodes earlier. Did we already? Yeah, we did. Okay. I couldn't remember.
2: I will say it was really cool during the missions conference this fall. Uh Luke and Kim Warner and then Nikki, they all had a video introducing us to like their ministry. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool to see her up there and see the video. So, hey, good video. That was awesome, Nikki.
1: And I guess we should probably just say Luke was speaking at Missions Conference and he started talking about a book. And I was listening to the session and I'm like, man, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yep. With Tim Challies, it was it was uh, Challies' book about uh, godly men and their mm-hmm. godly moms, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, that's where I heard that from. And then like right on cue, he's like, shout out to the Thinklings, you know. And I'm like, yeah,
2: yeah, yep, yep.
0: Devoted by Tim Challies. Devoted.
1: Mm-hmm. There we go. The subtitle is uh, godly men and their godly moms. Anyway, so
0: uh, Nikki
1: Carr, the Warners, uh, you're all tens. You're all 10s oh, yeah. on the goodness scale. Uh, now, this next guy. <laughs> have I talked about this next guy on the podcast before?
2: I don't think you have. Charlie, have you I, might need to give a little extended introduction.
1: I have guy. a famous anecdote with yeah. this guy. So I won't tell you who it is yet. Let me just tell you the story. So I got saved. I trusted Christ when I was in high school.
2: I love the story.
1: <laughs> and uh, I had not yet gone to a Sunday morning service at church. We had youth group after Sunday evenings. And so I started off like I would come after the evening service. And, you know, I didn't, I felt like I didn't know anybody, you know, and just give the plug. Like if you know of new converts, just reach out to them and bring them into the fellowship. Don't wait for them to come into the fellowship of a church. It is the church's job to bring them in. And uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that is my church didn't do that because they did. Like they absolutely loved me. I love them. But at the time, you know, you know, you're 16, you don't really feel like you know a lot of these people. And but so I started going to the youth group at night and then I went to a couple evening services cuz youth group was right after it. And then eventually I'm like, you know what? I just I need to go to church. First Sunday I ever attended church as a believer, I would say. And we had groups that were split up with like our high schoolers and we had some college kids that were traveling back from faith And this guy was one of those students that was traveling back from faith, and so we're in this group, and we're looking up Bible verses, and I don't know my Bible at all at this point. Like, I know probably Genesis is the first book. I probably know where to find the Gospels. That's it. That's it. And this guy looks at the list, and he's like, hey, Charlie, you want to look up a verse? yeah sure no, I can't say no right it's my first day of course not and so he's like yeah okay he's looking down the list he's like why don't you look up Hezekiah 316
0: <laughs> horrendous
1: yeah so but bad. here's the thing I had no idea that wasn't there not a clue in the world and I probably took a few minutes you know in my, in my mind I always have thought it was like a five minute little detour like everyone else is finding these verses and I'm looking and looking and looking and looking and I can't find it. And eventually I'm like, guys, I just think I have the wrong Bible. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like mine, mine doesn't have that. And he just looks at me. He's like, Charlie, that do- doesn't exist. Doesn't exist.
0: Horrendous. But
1: there isn't there a portion, Mr. Old Testament guy of the book of Isaiah, that's commonly referred to as the book of Hezekiah.
0: Uh, I don't know if it being called the book of Hezekiah, but chapters 36 through 39 recount Hezekiah's... Yeah, I think there's... Yeah. In
1: some some vernacular, it's like this... Anyway.
2: Yeah, I'm Sorry. not familiar with that, but I could see that being... The case.
1: But now I would turn to the book of Isaiah if I was asked
2: that question. Boom. Anyway. So like when I got my job at Fairway in high school, they would like haze the new guys and so they make you go shake the salad dressings to keep them, you know, not from not separating. And they make you take a bucket of water and dump it in the drain of the drinking fountain to like fill the drinking fountain. I mean, you haze new workers. This guy's essentially hazing a new believer. Yeah,
1: so... What? Fast forward, all fast forward to when he thing? moved to his new church, which he's currently pastoring. And I think it was a week or two before he moved. And I was filling pulpit at that church. And I I don't think the church did this, but I encouraged his congregation. When Greg Gosnell, <laughs> Pastor Greg shows up two weeks from now, and you guys have this moving day, we are going to help them move into the parsonage. Everybody show up 20 minutes late. <laughs> I was like everybody show up 20 minutes late And he'll think nobody's there And then you'll all show up And you'll be like ha Charlie told us to do this Because of that time when you put him in church <laughs> And I don't think any of them did that I haven't heard anything to that extent
2: But that would been tried
1: Anyway Greg has listened for a long Greg I love you Williamsburg roots there you go Okay. Anyway well, he's not from Williamsburg he's from Conroy And if any of you have been to Conroy Iowa Let me tell you The hub of culture in southeast Iowa is Conroy, anyway? He's wrote in, wrote written.
2: Well, in Conroy, maybe that's how you say it. He has
1: been wrote in for a long time. <laughs> that is maybe nice. what they say. Conroy. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: I'm drinking too much coffee today.
1: Greg, Greg's listened uh, the whole time, pretty much that we've we've been doing this. He's written in a number of times, and uh, he wrote in with a great quote from uh, Mortimer Adler's "How to Read a Book." And uh, so I thought I'd just read read the quote, right? It's a good
2: quote. Great
1: quote. Wow. Reading a book is kind of a is a kind of conversation. You may think it is not conversation at all because the author doesn't does all the talking and you have nothing to say. If you think that, you do not realize your full obligation as a reader and you are not grasping your opportunities. I think it's
2: mm-hmm. a typo. Yeah. It's
1: probably and you are not grasping your opportunities. Probably butchered mm. that quote Quote as I read it. But it's on page 136 of how to read a book. Yeah, did I say how to read slowly earlier? Said,
2: no, you said how to read a book. You said okay, how to read yeah.
1: a book. Um,
2: That's a really good quote. Because reading is a conversation. Yeah. And if you don't think it is, you're 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 not going to get out of it what you, you know. normally would.
1: It's a conversation in your mind. Yeah. Anyway, wow. Greg, I'm tempted to make you a nine.
2: See, just because. I was going to make Flink a nine. Because he pranked my truck. Did he really? But I think oh no 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 was that Ben or Jordan? That was anyway no 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 Ben didn't sorry he's a 10. If it was his brother Jordan we're
1: pontificating to, to the fact I either way Greg's a, Greg, Greg's a 10. Greg's a 10. On he's a 10. Ones. Okay now we're scrolling Uh, oh, we're down we're down to the last oh there's a lot of people we're gonna have to start flying. Okay.
0: Some of these are kind of discussion-ish. Some of them oh. are
1: discussionist. Maybe if uh, I had organized them better, we would have discussed the things first. <laughs> um, mm. So, uh, Jay Riley Peak has written in, and this goes also back to he did not like the um, Dr. Newman uh, way that I cut those episodes up. And so he actually wrote what I would consider a little story for us. It's great. So picture the scene with me, if you will. This <laughs> is from his email. It. Yeah. <laughs> it be quiet. Riley Peak is riding along the foothills of Tennessee. The sun is shining, the traffic is light, and the Thinklings podcast is playing. Life is good. Until tragedy of tragedy strikes.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
1: In the midst, nay, in the infancy of what promises to be an intriguing interview, the episode suddenly stops. (gasps) Riley's left in the silence of his car. The sun seems to shine a bit dimmer. The traffic appears more intimidating, (laughs) and the Thinklings podcast is no longer playing having been severed as if with a blunt butter knife. Oh. Riley handle we're talking about butter again. Here I we know. are. <laughs> Riley handles a tragedy with a philosophical outlook. He muses upon the anguish and the de- deprivation and finds only one word to sum up his grief. With wry irony, he mutters under his breath,
0: horrendous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did pause to see if you would jump in on that.
2: I R- could tell you were waiting. Yeah, Riley, that was so good. It was that was horrendous. a good bit of creative writing. It was good, and yet there was a hidden—well, not so hidden—meaning.
0: <laughs> for yes. the ending, you get a ten. Yes, Riley, on the <laughs> Thinkling's goodness scale. Yeah.
1: yeah. So now that we are kind of like we are getting a little pressed for time, we're getting near to that hour mark. We're probably not going to be able to like give a full discussion to some of these things.
0: Oh, some of these are really good.
1: Yeah. So we will just have to come back to them.
0: Yeah, we can we'll come have back. to come back to
1: them. But let's mention everyone. First, Daniel Forrester. And my favorite part, he, a lot of good questions here about the imagination and television from episode 22. Go back and listen to the episode, maybe catch the flow of what we're going for there. And uh, we actually have another person that wrote in, I think, talking about, uh, did he? Did I put it on here?
0: And we revisit that topic again. We're going to next season.
1: I, think I, I actually think I forgot to put Aaron Mazzarella's email on here where he talked about the TV show The Chosen and oh, yeah, Neil Postman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't remember if we'd already hit that on an episode or not. Anyway. I
2: no, I think we did. So we'll
1: have to, we'll have to come back we to that one. We need an episode. One. But note the last line of the email. Thanks for the weekly encouragement through this podcast, even if you hobbited the pneumatology interview. Now, what does that mean?
2: You, you short- cut it short.
1: Oh. <laughs> Can we give him, like, extra points?
2: Oh, oh that was good. We can't give extra points. Oh, yeah, we it only goes. As we high can give ten.
1: That's that's worth. That's worth a ten.
2: Oh, that's worth a ten. He
1: bows to no man, shall we say?
0: Oh.
2: Oh, that was so <laughs> wow. good.
1: The delayed, <laughs> the delayed recognition by Tim.
2: That was the biggest. That was a great. Article. Okay,
1: we're on mm-hmm. to almost the last page, which, in other words, is the second to last page. Ashley Day. I do not know. It's not Ashley. Ashley Die.
2: This is not the college student. I don't oh, think no, it. never mind that. Okay, never mind. So I think
1: I asked Ashley Dye, oh, the college student. Oh, yeah, you sent this email, and she was like, no, I didn't. And I think it's someone else. Um,
0: Thanks, Ashley, for writing in. You have a great question here.
1: I, I, oh, yeah. nope. I don't think I've met her, but, yes, thank you for writing in and about oh. the role of women in the church and women pastoring and things like that. Tim's got a finger up.
0: This, there's a, this is something that I think we need to think through a little bit more. In so much of our theology, we think of what a woman can't do or shouldn't do or whatever. And instead, you know, what is the order of creation? You know, A biblical theology of femininity is actually something that has come up in a few of my classes. And uh, so she brings up, like, w- can women teach children and not teenagers? Why is that the case? So on and so forth. And these are good questions. Yeah. Um, but the role of woman, what is a biblical theology of femininity? Um about and so it's something maybe we could visit in an episode in the future yeah mm-hmm.
1: so for the time being ashley 10 on the thinklings goodness scale boom boom moving on joel Lovall really enjoyed episode 35 where we talked about making of an atheist mm. and uh so joel thanks for listening in we're thankful for you
2: you're 10 on the thinklings goodness scale i was about to say mm. the same
1: thing moving on rachel hefka uh, she wrote in talking, we, we talked about how sometimes like kids program material isn't always theologically as sound as you might give it credit for. And we, we actually e- emailed some answers to those questions. Uh, but what I thought was really inter- interesting about this was look at the title. Hi, and she named all three of us, but hi, Dr. Little, Mr. Stearns and Charlie. Yep. Wow. And I, th- I just th- you know I think that's the the remnants of my former days in student life where mm-hmm. I was very much so known as Charlie, Charlie. not Mister yeah. Carter, Mister Charlie,
2: Professor Carter, yeah.
1: And so I do tell my students today that I will only make them call me Mister if they're being punished. Um, anyway.
2: So, I, so when she started listening to the podcast, I think it was like early summer because I was doing summer school and she was cleaning at the school, and I think she literally binged. All of them in like four days. Praise I, mean, I think her head exploded. So that was pretty impressive that she survived. Which on
1: one on one side we're very thankful for. On the other side, maybe that's not the best way to consume the content.
2: She's but she said she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't stop. She's like this is too good. So like I don't know. A lot of good thoughts and good Although, conversation and good. I both. like the typo on podcast there. The Thinklings podcasts. <laughs> that's so awesome. I don't Sorry. know if
1: that was me copying oh, it could, over or if it was actually in the email.
2: Well, between either one of you. That was that was pretty funny. It's Podcast. Just, I'm thinking that sounds like a meme, but
1: <clears throat> we should no. I was no. Uh, I was about to say something really dumb. Anyway,
2: <laughs> Termin, get on that.
1: Moving on, <laughs> Rachel is a ten, 10. on the Think Goodness scale, no. and we got Rebecca Franklin, and we have to we do have to come back to this one. This yes, is a this really good thought. Oh yeah, talking about the ordering of desires. Just uh, I just love nestled into this email. For does not Sir Roger Scruton write that the bottom line of beauty is that which is fitting, appropriate? And so, yeah, we have to come back to this, but wanted to, you know, this is tried to catch them all.
2: Yeah, Lewis talks about that in his experiment to criti- in criticism, actually, about... Oh, well, anyway, okay. Yeah, we got to come back to that.
1: Mm. Thoughts on Rebecca on the uh, Thinkling's goodness scale?
2: Rightly
0: ordered loves includes both what is good and in the right measure. Mm, good stuff there. Rebecca's is definitely a ten on the Thinkling's goodness scale.
1: I would, I would say, if I had to count them, like if I was, if I was gambling, it's like I'll give you, uh, it's like an over-under proposition, like a normal bet, over-under, let's say nine and a half. Students, current students, current college students at Faith, who have read a book, authored by Scruton, you'd take the under on that, correct? Does that mean half? like less likely? It's like less than ten have read a book by Roger Scruton. Oh yeah. Pro yeah, okay,
2: yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yes, I would say definitely say yeah. that. So in in That's pretty impressive in
1: rarefied air here mm-hmm. as someone who has read Sir Roger Scruton, as she says.
2: Hey, a freebie for you listener, if you're interested in Scruton on Beauty, he has like a one hour documentary interview really yeah on youtube you can just watch it, it it's the first interaction i had to scrutin and then i got his book and started reading and i haven't read i also read started to read his book on conservatism but that the youtube video well it's like a pbs special on youtube it's it's worth your time
1: okay
0: he's got yeah. a five minute prager you video too that's just kind Ooh. of like a did splash
1: you, tim did you put rebecca on the thinklings good yep. scale i did Ten. 10 okay now we are officially on to the, the last, last page, page. Do you do you guys either of you know this next person? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm just I'm sensitive to pronouncing names S- correctly.
2: I'm gonna say Sally Boguer. Boger? <laughs> yeah, like it's French maybe. French
0: name.
1: Tove. Mm. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bocaire is a Hebrew word for morning. Tov. So maybe it's like that, Boguer. There we go. Yeah. So maybe you have a very Hebrew name, Sally.
0: Oof.
2: We'll have it's to find out. It's a G, not a K. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, on, on Middle Earth Theological Society, you see all these memes about whether it's GIF or JIF.
2: So I got we're... this waiting. Like, legitimately, they're so good. Okay, but let's not do that right now. Okay, okay. Sally wrote on Bible study method.
1: She just, she, actually, I should have just copied hey, and pasted. Wasn't
2: it. she at the ladies' retreat? And then she, Potent- I think she I think emailed she, me. I think yeah. the
1: sense of it was like, kind of like a thank you, but like, mm-hmm. can I, I want to use this. Can you send me some of the points of this? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so good stuff there. And we're, we're thankful for the ladies from the Women's Renew conference yeah. that have uh, plugged in to the podcast. And so if that's you, thanks for listening. And, uh, we get some pretty shameless plugs from Sandy Capon up there oh, yeah. and, uh, thankful for Sandy and, uh, yeah. So Sally.
2: You're 10. 10 on the thing is good. 10 sale. on the thing that's good. Sale.
1: Next one here. This is pretty funny. Daniel Wirtz oh. wrote in. And there was a uh, an episode where we were using, we, we were making puns about the word for, <laughs> like F-O-U-R. And as we were doing that, Stearns yeah. had strung some of these together. Oh. And it was forget and forgive and forbearing. And Dan was just a little upset that we were making a pun about four, and you only did three of
2: them. I know, I know. Just wanted
1: guy. to point out some disappointment in Professor Stearns' pun tirade. Oh. It, it was about the number four, and he only rattled off, th- he bolted it, three puns. He's livid.
2: Andy. Well, I'll tell you what, Dan, if you had forewarned me, well, I four. would have been okay. <laughs> Did that just redeem myself, Dan? Come on, come on. How about we move forward? Oh, Dan. Oh, we, <laughs> we need two more. Dan is definitely a
0: 10 on that. <laughs> he won't forget goodness. this one. So, our next person. Hopefully. <laughs>
1: Never mind, I'm done. Our next I'm done. person is Jared Louse.
2: <coughs> I just, I, we left. just stopped at three again. It's beautiful. We full. did. <laughs> <Leave it> there. <laughs> no, no, but my forewarn was adding mm-hmm. to my yeah, previous yeah. three. So, then, so that got me up to four. Now you just started it Bice, again.
1: Move forward. He won't forget.
2: It's not happening. But I'm saying I said forget, forgive, forbear. And so I just forlorn. said forewarn. And so I'm not. oh, okay. We're
1: getting there. Anyway, we're, we're there you count them up Dan we'll talk about it next thanksgiving
2: anyway um, <laughs> not.
1: Jared Laux, great to see you at a at the missions conference at Yeah, GRC. I'm
2: still drinking his proving he left mm. That's stuff That's that stuff we had the stuff other day you yesterday yeah That's, it's good stuff. it's still
1: pretty good that wired me dude that was yeah cuz you don't drink coffee as ca- much caffeine i don't yeah um but anyway Jared has emailed in messaged us multiple times thankful for the show we're thankful for you um keep listening Looking forward to seeing you next time you're on campus. The final He's a 10. I should have said the final four, but it's now we're only at three. Yeah. yeah. He, oh, thank you. He is a 10. He's a 10. On the Thinklings yep. Goodness Scale. No, he's an artist.
2: He's got no. like an art page on Instagram where he like paints. It's pretty interesting. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Unless there's another Jared Laux out there. But I think it's even connected to his account. So hmm. anyways.
1: Gabriel Hammonds. He was thank he wrote in thankful for the contentment episode. Aww. So uh Andy, you say you want to say anything about that.
2: Kularaki, you are a ten on the Thinklings goodness scale.
1: You are a ten. Last two, Randy Voder from Beth Eden, Camp Eden, out in Colorado. Mm. Colorado's he so was beautiful. he was here for enlist too. Oh, and, he was. Uh, had the chance to talk with him in the gym for a while. And oh, Randy, wow. we're thankful that you listen. I mean, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for these people that we mention at the end of an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> like if, they're, if he listens to this, like, wow, I know good for you. Um, but he
0: deserves like an award or something.
1: Maybe we should like
0: make him it. a 10 on the Thinkling's Goodness. <laughs>
1: hey, there we go. <laughs> I will say he recommended some books to me while I was here and I'm working through them. and I'll just mention because I think that others of our listeners might enjoy these. Uh, the title is "Here There Be Dragons." And if you like some of that, like fantasy literature, uh, you know, like the Lewisy, Tolkien, that vein, it'll scratch that itch for you. So
2: I just like that title so much. Yeah, it's a very good title. Man, that's good. Very good title. Seriously.
1: Anyway, and he also asked a question about authorial intent that hmm. we're planning to come back to. Um, and that was my thought. I typed on it. Why is it important to distinguish and define terms? Um, oh. I, so here, uh, just I'll just say the thought. Why I think we have to recognize authorial intent in areas where semantically things have changed meaning Mm -hmm. is for academic integrity. Because what you wouldn't want is for people to hear you saying something that has been said and assume that you're meaning something else, just as where you don't want to use phrases that other authors have used, and you don't want other people to misrepresent that author based on the way you're interpreting it. Yep. And So that's where I think the, the integrity of the issue is to really define your terms and and to distinguish if you do mean or do not mean the same thing as someone else and uh you know in in popular life, are people going to do that? No, not like
2: no, but it's it's good to try for that
1: i think I think you just need to you know you want to avoid confusion yeah. you know and there, there's other areas where it's just like flippant and yep. you know it doesn't matter, you know. Areas of entertainment, you're, you know, puns or metaphors where you're building off of broken meanings, but um, anyway.
2: I would even think like, it, it, I don't think I need to be the authorial intent police all the time, but if oh, I know. Oh, you do, Andy. Well, I, because I'm the, he I is. can't not do this. He is. But I would say that if you understand there's a possible misunderstanding, because we value truth, we should try to clear it up if we can. That we is can.
1: something you should send in. You should. Someone should send us memes of Andy as the authorial intent police.
2: <laughs> Terman, get on it. Amen.
1: Terman, has he sent memes to us?
2: He the I he, feel like the he first has. the that meme of you riding a Segway as a Hobbit through the giant forest. That first OG meme. Where did that
1: go? Why is that not here? Did he not? Well, that went? was
2: that was previous to this. That was like very early on. Okay, so wow, there's a couple back. of times he memed you, and then Flink jumped in on it. So I don't know. We got a meme army out there. Okay, last, what is it like, thinklings, nations, do Which do, is that it?
1: Can we put Randy? Randy's a 10. He's a 10. He's a 10.
2: Uh, and he's in a state that's a 10, because it's so gorgeous in Colorado.
1: Randy, my lasting memory of you is when at your camp, I chased a black bear, and you were like, why would you do that?
2: Well, hold on. <laughs> what? Did, what? Okay, listener, we were going to get done earlier. It's an hour and 13. We but now,
1: we've got like 20 minutes to spare here. Oh, Good. The last last year's Damn. episode was an hour and thirty eight
2: minutes. So we got to be done in an hour and 37. And we promised, Julie. Yep. Be shorter than last year's hour and thirty seven, Julie.
1: But you know we got to go slowly because as we amass Thanksgiving uh. episodes, we don't want to like if we log this one at forty five, then well, next we year we're have, like, well, oh, it has yeah. to be shorter. Done
0: Ashley days like uh, femininity question. We got Seth uh, Bishops. Uh, That's the last one. Fish, uh, singleness <laughs> thing here and. So Mind th- let's hear your story about getting. Well, no, chased that was it. Bear. I no, I didn't no, no. get chased by a bear. No, I. Oh, that you chased the bear.
1: I, I turned the tables.
0: Am I weird. how the
2: turntables exactly?
1: <laughs> Volda <to> office.
2: <laughs> the show that. Hold on, okay. Here. So set it up. Why in the world would you see a bat, black bear, and chase it? Was it a baby? No, That's it's just worse. it's in
1: the mountains of Colorado, and there's okay. a black bear kind of just strolled through, and I was not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, both in having another counselor with me and also having campers, and that was maybe the egregious foul was mm. why would you take campers towards bears? Um, <laughs> my primary defense was he didn't look hungry. That's not what I said. But, uh, it was it was just a lack of judgment in the moment. I just uh. remember Randy like why would you why would you do that? That Wait. is a great point.
2: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in Iowa, we don't have bears, so we don't really know what to do
1: Yeah, bears. you know, well, and- Give us a
2: cow. We know you
1: didn't know game. my campers. I could easily outrun at least half of them. <laughs> so... <laughs> anyway, on to the last listener feedback email, and if... Seth Bishop emailed us in. Uh, I think it was in Interacting with the Lady Wisdom episodes and, uh, you know, how do we be content? Uh, but as someone who's single, who desires to be married, and it just hasn't happened yet, you know, what would you, you know, Tim, coach it, coach him up. like Coach him up? Coach him up. Coach him, like, wh- how do you, if you, you want that thing.
0: It's a metaphor that doesn't resonate with me too well. Coach him up. Like, like, like
1: but, a coach, like coaches right. people to yeah. do things? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, you, so <clears throat> like, he, you, don't, you don't have to get all like jacked up. But... T-
2: Tim sounds like Tim the Toolman Taylor on that show. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let's use another... teach him teach him, <laughs> teach, him, teach him, disciple him. Maybe wisdom. that's better, Charlie. So
1: he, I, th- I think it's a good, it's a good dichotomy that he's mm. kind of bringing up. Is mm-hmm. you're supposed to be content, which is like you're okay with where you are. You, you re- you're content. You recognize this is God's plan for you, but you also have a desire. For something that God hasn't given you yet and specifically in that range of you to be content being single but you you want to be married and you know uh so how do you pursue that desire while maintaining contentment
0: it seems so so the whole the whole singleness thing is kind of a volatile topic because there's a lot of people that are single that don't want to be single well
1: a 33% of us at this table it's a staggering number
0: so as we think through like singleness and the desire or lack of desire to be single and what even singleness is it's you you are dealing with a lot of different situations and people and and life situations and so when you're talking to like high schoolers or even like some college students where they have education and things on the horizon then I mean how fervently you're interested or ordered should finding a spouse be in your order order of loves. And I I would say probably it should be lower. You should be content with your singleness and focusing on the mission that God has for you right now. And that mission is to get your education and to prepare for uh, a life of service uh, wherever that takes you. But at the same time, the order of creation, the way God designed the world, is that a man would marry a woman. That is the way it was ordained in the garden It's the pattern throughout the Old Testament, and that's the normal way in which creation it should be. And so as you reach a point in your life where, you know what, I'm not preparing for ministry anymore or whatever it is that God has for me, uh, it's time for me to marry, then what should you do? You would raise that desire, that ordered love, to a higher level, and then you should pursue it um, with more earn, earnestness. And I think a lot of the issue enters in with this whole dating culture that we have, uh, a lot of times, if we see finding a spouse as like a wisdom decision, well, then you'd make a wise decision in the selection of spouse where you'd make a wise decision in all the different areas of your life. And, and so, you know, if you pursue somebody. And if they don't like you, then pursue somebody else. And that's kind of, uh, how you would go and pursue um finding a spouse like in that way. does that clarify some things?
1: I think it does, yeah. And you know an interesting interesting topic that has been brought up before is that I think we would all recognize that there's I'm not sure what the right word for it is. I don't think it's an emphasis. I don't think it's like a pressure that's intentionally put on to Bible college students but there is like a heightened maybe awareness yeah of this idea of dating and marriage and that sort of thing at our Bible college yes and i would assume it probably most of them and i have historically been you know kind of against that
0: yeah you know it's not at that way at every school it is at a lot of them but i remember my friend uh, attending a different school. And he said there was like no pressure from peers or whatever. In fact, everybody was basically there to focus on their education and very few people were involved in relationships. And so I think that especially when you're like a freshman or sophomore or in a specific situation where you're pursuing education and going to be doing so for a while, well, make the order your loves and your focus here needs to be your education and as you near the end of your time at the institution, you should probably raise that Aren't, as a love.
1: I would even add to that, though. Hearing, you know, the, just the the wisdom of the created order, like the, typically, this is how God has planned for people's lives to play out, which is to be married. I'm actually not that opposed to an emphasis,
0: an emphasis mm-hmm. of
1: like, hey, you really should be thinking
0: about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as that's my because I did. it is a part of wisdom. It's one of the mm-hmm. things i didn't like about that eric demeter book on uh, his, uh marriage and singleness. Yeah, the How...
1: chronicles of narnia were out of order. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That
0: cover back. was so good though. It was oh. a good cover. Oh. Very good cover. But the the whole idea that, you know, oh marriage, oh singleness. No, the order is marriage. That's what most people should expect. Now, i recognize i have got a lot of people, especially even a lot of young ladies where you're like, well, nobody's asking me or whatever else on huh? I I'm, I'm very sympathetic and I'm I'm wanting to be careful here my audience is primarily young men and a lot of young men think oh well I'll just live life as a single I'm like no that's not the order okay the unless you're devoting your life to a life of service to the lord then you should marry and you should love and serve a spouse children and in your local church that's god's plan for you that's the order of creation And if a girl says no, then ask a different one, okay? Um, It's a wisdom decision. So that would be my advice to you, and that's the order of creation. Um, And if you're like, well, I think God really does, I I have this gift that I'm supposed to be wholly devoted to the Lord, and this gift of singles, well, great, then do that and turn off all of your media, shut off your YouTube account, disconnect from your Netflix and your Hulu and your blah, 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 delete all the apps and the games on your phone. Okay, do you realize you're not devoted to God when you're involved with all that trash, all right? You're worldly, and you're not really devoted to the Lord. Be devoted to the Lord, and make your life a living sacrifice, completely devoted to Him. I think I've met two people that I I think are really, were really gifted with this idea of real singleness. The one guy who's in Africa, and his whole life was just pouring into this uh, this uh, uh, orphanage and Bible college, and he was teaching, and we're getting a PhD. I mean, the guy literally was going 16 hours a day, and he reminded me of the Apostle Paul. And I look at the guys in America, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's not you. Yep. So find a girl.
2: I, I totally agree with you on the wholly devoted aspect there. I think that there's so much that if you really are devoting yourself to God that you need to give up. And So to use that as an excuse when you're not giving all those things up, I would agree. But I, I think you're being sensitive. I, I appreciate your answer there, Tim. All right, listener, let's talk about thankfulness again. This is our Thanksgiving's episode, and so last year we talked about Thanksgiving or thankfulness being a decidedly Christian virtue. What was our D word this time, Charlie? Distinctly? Distinctly Christian virtue, yeah. And I think I got a good example of that. I'm also going to tie it in with my contentment stuff. So just quick scan of the Bible. Where else do we see the word thankfulness? And so we see the term give thanks in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And so I was just looking at this, but it's, it's cool. It's, it's a good final thought Paul's giving at the end of his book. So the, the, the sentence or the, he starts like a machine gun, bop, bop, bop of commands or exhortations in 16. So I'm just going to read for a bit and I'm going to go back and I just want to talk about the thankful one, but I'll, I'll read about eight or so verses. Verse 16, Paul says this, he says, rejoice always pray without ceasing, give thanks In all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And he goes on to say, "Don't quench the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil." And then he has his final comments there. So I just want to point out that in he gives like three main he gives three exhortations in one sentence here, and he says these are the will of God for you. So he says, "Rejoice always. Now consider." what it means to rejoice. Again, I would say joy and excitement are not the same thing, but excitement often attends to joy. Um, Happiness is not always exactly the same as joy. You can be in a bad situation and rejoice. Do you know how I know that? The Bible commands you to here. It says you can rejoice always, even when everything's difficult. Now, why is that possible? It's because my rejoicing is not bad based on my external circumstances just like my contentment is not based on my external circumstances it's based on my internal relationship with the sovereign god of the universe verse 17 says to pray without ceasing now i think you've probably heard this before but it doesn't mean you have to pray 24 hours a day 7 days a week you can't like you have to like talk to people while you're praying but what it, the, the idea is that you're constantly praying now it's good to have time set aside for prayer each day the discipline of daily prayer will do much for your soul. In fact, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, the idea is that when you pray, pray this, you know, give us this day, our daily bread, there's this idea of it's a daily activity that's normative. But I think also here Paul is saying like it's those momentary prayers in between situations or something bad happens and you offer up a prayer right then. You don't wait for your time of prayer only. You're praying regularly. But then verse 18 says this, give thanks in all circumstances. So thankfulness also is not based on my external circumstances only. How can Paul say give thanks in all circumstances? Uh, This is a man who went through a lot of horrible, bad, painful situations. And here he's saying be thankful in all circumstances. This is not like a rich guy who's had a cushy life who's saying be thankful, who's kind of out of touch. This is a guy who's had a very hard life. He's been beaten for the Lord. He's gone through sleepless nights. He's been shipwrecked. He's been left for dead, I think, multiple times. And he's saying, you should give thanks in all circumstances. And I think as a believer, you can, because I'm not thankful because my circumstances are the way I want them. I'm thankful because the God of those circumstances knows me, loves me, and sent his son to die for me. You know what? This rejoicing, this praying, this being thankful, it's the will of God for you, Christian. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus. So the cross of Calvary, the gospel, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on your behalf is what makes it possible for you to be thankful, to pray, to rejoice, to be content in all circumstances. Many of us are going to go and spend time with family in the next couple of days, and we're going to eat some awesome food. We haven't even talked about the food yet. Um, Maybe we have, but I forgot. But be thankful for those good gifts. Be thankful for those good gifts. But remember, even when life doesn't go the way you want it, you can be thankful because your God is in total control.